The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tong. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. And I'm your host, Peter Tong. Thank you for joining us today. This series of programs about awakening to conscious co-creation has really manifested some wonderful interconnectedness amongst the information and expertise that the guests over the last few weeks, well, actually last few months, last few years have brought to us. And, and in some way, I feel that today is, is a little bit of a conclusion of all of that because we have on the show today Dr. Amit Goswami, who has just put out, or is about to put out, actually, his, his next book, uh, which is due out in early March, called Quantum Creativity. And within this book is really the condensing, accumulated knowledge and information that we all need to be aware of, uh, how the quantum field and quantum physics connects into spirituality. And fortunately for us, Amit understands this really, really well and will help us understand today. So welcome to the show, Amit. Thank you, Peter. Glad to be here. So just give our listeners a little bit of uh, background about yourself and how you've come to be in this this place of awareness now. Well, actually, it's a typical uh, spiritual, um, you might call it opening of the window. I was um, completely doctrined in uh, scientific materialism, the idea that everything is matter, and everything is mechanistic, and I was unhappy. So in 1973, I was at a conference. I was uh, an invited speaker. I gave my talk, but uh, the energy that came to me um, was jealousy about other people, how they are giving better talks, how they are being received better, and all this. And I suffer from the jealousy through the day, even in a party at night until 1 a.m. when I got disgusted with myself and went outside <laughs> and the bees flew on my face and a thought suddenly came. I didn't label it as a quantum leap at the time, but that's what it was, a discontinuous thought, which was that why do I live this way? And the conviction came that I don't have to. I can I can change. So that was the beginning. And um, change to what? Uh, fortunately, for every physicist, there is an avenue called quantum physics. Um, it is not emphasized very much in the current uh, higher educational system, 
uh, or physics textbooks, but quantum physics, uh, trying to understand it, uh, will, um, to everyone who wants to, almost immediately, uh, give us the idea that scientific materialism is false philosophy. We have been worshipping the false deity for a very long time. Yes, indeed. And, and so this, this, so you were coming from this basically very pure applied math science background and then this realization. And, and, and I've had the experience you just described. I've had that experience of that feeling envious and jealous of, of, of other people and then sort of smacking yourself for, for feeling that way. And that obviously opened up this, this new, um, avenue. So before that moment, did you have a, a spiritual background? Well, only in my childhood. I grew up in a, a, a spiritual family. My father was a, a Brahmin guru. Uh, what that means is that he had a few disciples who would come to him, and his presence, I remember, was very pacifying. Um, whenever there was turmoil in my life, I would just sit with him for a bit without even speaking, uh, and I would feel better. So, um, um, and he did teach me a little bit of the Hindu uh, spiritual treatises like the Upanishads, of course, you know, how much can a child absorb. I moved away from him at age 10 uh, and got together again at age 14 because of all the turmoil that happened in India during the time of independence. Um, and then after he shifted to safer India, that part, then um, I got busy into becoming a scientific materialist. So the spiritual uh, conversations or the upbringing, you might say, that just stopped at age 10 when I was transferred from the uh, riot-treated uh, area to more safer area in India. So the beautiful thing is, Amit, that you've been able to put together the, the real science uh, of the quantum physics and spirituality. And there are, as we go into this discussion, because I think, Al, it's really important for our listeners to know that this uh, book, Quantum Creativity, is about a different form of creativity. We tend to think about creativity perhaps in the sense of a painting or an artistic production, a, a musical composition. But this is really much more about our own inner creativity and how we can create the world that we want to live in for ourselves and for others. And so there, there are three... There are three expressions that you use in the book um, that I think at the beginning it's really important that people have a sense of what they mean because this is what breaks open or shatters the myth of the old scientific way of, of being and expands it into this beautiful potential that we have for the future. And the three words that, that I'd love you to explain and describe for our listeners uh, as simply and as clearly as you can are uh, the word quantum itself, non-local, and dis, uh, discontinuous or discontinuity. Just help our listeners understand, because these are the three key concepts in understanding Absolutely. how quantum creativity works. Absolutely. So let's try one by one. Quantum. The word quantum itself came from a Latin word, which just means quantity. So that doesn't tell you very much. In quantum <laughs> physics, uh, when it was first used, uh, it was used in a very special connotation, which is a discrete quantity. Uh, discrete quantity, like a coin, is a discrete amount of money in that sense, or an integer is a discrete amount in number uh, in that way. But that 
still does not tell you very much. What it is, a quantum object uh, as different from a Newtonian object, what it really means when the mathematics became clear is that the object is a wave of possibility. Um, and when we observe, this wave of possibility somehow is transformed into a particle of actuality. Now, if we just try to understand what this means, we really immediately have an opportunity of changing our scientific materialist worldview because uh, this latter worldview, the Newtonian worldview, holds that there is only matter moving in space-time. That's reality. But what quantum physics is saying that, no, there are two realms of reality. One is this um, uh, possibility wave. They reside in a domain of reality, which obviously is different from the uh, reality where we experience things. Why is that? Because um, uh, this domain of potentiality we never experience. And yet, our experiments uh, cannot be understood. The experiments that reveal this quantum nature of the objects, those experiments, like the famous double-slit experiments, I don't think we'll go into the details here, but all I'm trying to suggest is that it's experimental fact that these uh, waves have to be postulated, that there are waves of possibility that, uh, that precede the world that we experience, the world that we see, and there there are discrete objects. Then there are there are particles. But in this um, domain of potentiality, uh, there are just these waves of possibility. There is, um, in fact, the when we look deeper, it became clear that this domain of potentiality is uh, interconnected. The difference between the two domains is that in this domain of potentiality, uh, no signal is required to communicate, whereas everybody knows that in the domain of actuality that we experience, uh, signals are needed to communicate, like we are communicating through electromagnetic signal and sound waves right now. So um, in this way, there is a distinct difference, signal-less communication, for which the technical word you already use, non-local. Non-locality is signal-less communication. Non-locality can happen only because the objects in that domain is all interconnected. What is that interconnection? This is where all hell breaks loose with the worldview because it turns out that the interconnection, when you look deeply, is our consciousness itself. So our consciousness has a domain which is unconscious in us, agreed, but in that domain, everything is connected to this non-local consciousness. There is another channel of communication that all of us have, non-local communication, going through this interconnectivity that we share because we have the same one consciousness at the base. Okay? Yes, I'm now, with you. Finally, yeah. this continuity comes when you think about the, okay, why, uh, why then this continuity, continuous, connected possibility domain, how does that become discrete objects when we um, experience, when we experience as an observer, when we measure something, when we look at something? Um, how does it happen? We realize that, ah, this must happen discontinuously. Continuously, if anything happens, then they have to move in space-time, and that would require uh, speed, that would require time. But in the domain outside of space and time, this domain of potentiality, there is no time. 
everything is instantaneous. So it's that instantaneous nature of the transition from potentiality to actuality, that's what gave us the hint to recognize that this is really a different domain. This is why the transition is discontinuous. It has to be discontinuous at once. And then the idea of non-locality, which was measured in 1982, that there is indeed such communication, cinched this uh, uh, statement of fact that there are two domains of reality. One is potentiality. The other one is domain of experience or manifest domain. Psychologists call this uh, division unconscious and conscious. Spiritual traditions call it transcendent and immanent. So you see enormous scope immediately of connecting science with psychology with spirituality. So uh, uh, we've just got a, a minute or so before the first break. I mean, but but a big piece of this is what you've termed the observer effect, is when you consciously make a choice or make an observation, then you collapse that infinite number of potentialities that are available to you into this particular one. Right, when we choose. But the choice is unconscious in us, because the choice happens in this interconnected domain of reality that we call consciousness. So consciousness chooses, but we are unconscious of it. (laughs) Yes. So you see the subtlety enters right away. So can yes. we trust something that we are choosing unconsciously? Well, we got to trust it because starting with Freud in psychology, there's plenty of evidence that, uh, yes, indeed, our unconscious choices determine what uh, we experience in a conscious way. So um, physics and psychology, if they got get mixed up, then we feel it a little bit better. And we feel a lot better when we uh, compare notes with the mystics of the old times, the spiritual traditions. There we find, oh, there is ample reference of this kind of thing. The best choices don't come from our ego. The best choices come from a place where you, I, and everyone else are one. So, me, we're coming up to our first break. That's the perfect time to take it. And, and, and we'll now move from the, the more uh, esoteric understanding of, of quantum physics into how we can uh, use this to help us enjoy our lives much, much more. It's Peter Tone right. for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. On the program Inside Out, our outsides match our insides. Join host Beth Green along with co-host James Maynard for an insightful weekly journey that lets us all be real with no boundaries. We'll discuss current events, interview amazing guests, challenge old ideas, and see ourselves and our world more clearly. It's about you as much as us. So you're invited to call in, write in, and most of all, tune in. Listen for Inside Out 
Live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. Thank you for joining us today. Just a reminder to go to my website, www.petertongue.com, where all of the information is there for all of our uh, journeys through the landscape, with the newsletters, the press radio shows, all archived, uh, all, all of that uh, available to you. And also to remind you to go to my events page if you wish to be involved in the live meditations. The next one will be tomorrow. And I will be incorporating some of the ideas of today from our discussion with Dr. Amit Goswami into uh, the uh, more of a, an, a light activation, actually, than a meditation tomorrow. If you're interested in being part of that, just go to the events page of www.petertongue.com. So in the first segment of the show today, I, I, I believe that uh, Dr. Amit Goswami broke open many of the traditional scientific beliefs that we had and when I was uh, the chemistry teacher of old and, and teaching the kids, particularly I recall atomic structure and electrons very neatly and nicely traveling around the uh, nucleus, positively charged and the electrons negatively charged, and I knew that it wasn't real and true, but still had to teach it for the sake of the exams. But one of the questions I always had was, was how did these electrons jump from one energy level to another energy level and just not travel any uh, distance through time and space, as Amit was talking about in the first section, it just appeared in this new uh, this new energy level somehow, somewhere. And of course, it's the understanding of quantum physics that now allows us to have a sense of that. But for what is important for all of our listeners to, on the show today is to take this uh, new way of looking at our world and incorporate it into our lives so that we can live our lives feeling more content and, and happier. So, Amit, you, you've brought these two elements of life together, the human condition and quantum physics. So tell our listeners how they can actually begin incorporating these ideas into their lives. Okay. So we have touched uh, on several of the quantum, what is sometimes called weirdness, but they're not weird <laughs> at all. They're part of our experience. Non-locality is um, not foreign to us, nor is this discontinuity. But the theme are uh, initially a bit foreign. This is where we have to recognize the condition, human condition. Uh, this discontinuity uh, is obscured by the human condition. In more accurately, what psychologists call conditioning, we make memories of every experience. So even when we have these discontinuous experiences, after we have made memories of it and then 
relive that memory over and over, what happens is that we become conditioned in responding to that particular kind of stimuli in a certain kind of way that we have responded in the past. Our responses develop a fixity. This is what conditioning is about. So in this mirror of conditioning, everything changes. Things as they are do not reveal anymore. What we see is only when things are sifted through this past memory. So how to change that? How to change that is the real secret. How to change that is one of the real secrets. How to change it to a more spontaneous response. We distinguish. We use words for this uh, change. We say that we are ordinarily in our condition ego, with which we identify. We identify with the memories, with the patterns of habit that we have set up in responding to stimuli in a certain way. And the other spontaneous self that arose when we see things as they are, when we see things in their spontaneity, when it first collapses from possibility into actuality. Let's call that self quantum self. This way of thinking will help us to recognize that if we start developing a sensitivity to a process that we are quite familiar with called intuition, we already get a glimpse of this quantum self. What is intuition? Under scientific materialism, people explain intuition away because intuition has no place in that worldview. But what is intuition? You ask the artist, you ask the scientist, open-minded scientist, that is, you ask spiritual teachers, you ask yourself, what is intuition? During the course of the day, you have moments of utter clarity. You know that this very clear thoughts that are emerging, they are not continuous with your previous thought. Yet they must have some kind of validity. They are an invitation to something that you don't quite know. Yet you are interested if you want to be. You are interested because they have a certain authenticity. So uh, developing this sensitivity to intuition, what John Briggs, a creative researcher, calls nuance, is the first start. Every event of this ilk that we call intuition, something about it is right and I should follow it through, but of course during the course of the day we forget. If we don't forget, if we follow them through, that begins, begins the creative process. So um, this is the beginning and then how do we go about it? Well, the more we become sensitive to intuition, the more we want to know what intuition is pointing us to. And that is the creative question. In, intuition is pointing us to creativity, the creative question. The work has begun. And then we follow up the question with reading on it, we prepare, and the creative process begins. So you actually mentioned in the book uh, the four stages of the creative process and I think it would be really, really helpful for our listeners to hear those four stages because it's it's different and yet it's wonderful. So if you wouldn't mind just explaining the four stages involved. Of course. I was absolutely going to do that and, and, and you beat me to it asking the question, which is very good because we need to focus 
every now and then come back into the crux of the matter. So the crux of the matter begins with intuition, but it must continue with the creative process. We have a question, we investigate, this part is preparation. Everybody knows how to prepare for things, you know. Your question has been given, and you look at books, you look at um, newspapers, you look at Internet, you get all the information. We have, you ask pundits, you ask people, you ask friends. That's all part of preparation. But here is the thing. The creativity theorists, the empiricists, they found that it's not just work. If you did this preparation on and on and on and on and spend your whole life preparing, you'll never have a satisfactory answer to a really creative question, which requires something new, a new context of thinking. So what then one has to do? This is where the creativity researchers found something very strange. You have to follow up the busy, 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 action, 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 read, read, read phase, by a phase which is quiescent, where you are not doing anything. You are sitting quietly, doing nothing, like that then proper, so that the grass can grow by itself. Well, does the grass grow by itself? They find that yes. If you follow this through, preparation followed by incubation, a period of relaxation, then, indeed, insights come. And that insight, they insist, these researchers, is a discontinuous insight. And then, of course, uh, problem is solved, you have the insight, then you develop the problem in a full-blown product. You give it form. That's called manifestation. So remember these four stages, preparation, incubation, or relaxation, sudden insight, manifestation. Now, preparation and manifestation make sense readily. What doesn't make sense from a Newtonian worldview is that why do you need to relax? Or why is this insight a sudden insight, a discontinuous thought? Why is that? Because there is no discontinuity in Newtonian physics. Now, both can be explained with quantum physics readily. Discontinuity we already have talked about. Peter explained very nicely when an electron jumps from one energy level of one orbit to another, it does not go through the intervening space. Discontinuous jump. So where does it go? You see, where does it go immediately leads to the idea that it goes to the domain of potentiality. We have to introduce that domain of potentiality, the non-local domain of reality where everything is connected to consciousness. This idea becomes essential. So the point is, how do we go and uh, process in this domain that we call unconscious, in this domain which is the unmanifest, which is the domain of potentiality. Well, how do we go? Well, we go out of this domain where we constantly work and we constantly think we are constantly collapsing possibilities, right? That's obvious. Whenever we are quiet, we are processing in that domain of possibility. So what then quantum physics is saying, look, in between work, be quiet. Let the waves of possibility develop. What happens when you throw a pebble in a pond? Watch the water waves. They become bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. These waves that we are talking about are waves of possibility. 
So what does it mean to have a bigger wave of possibility? Doesn't it mean to have a bigger pool of possibility, bigger number of possibilities to choose from? And that's what consciousness does. It chooses from a bigger and bigger pool if we allow the waiting period to be longer and longer. We have to be a little bit careful here because if we wait too long, then we forget. We don't have focus anymore on the question that we started with. So what I have suggested in the book, Quantum Creativity, very strongly, is that, no, you have to um, not only do this chronologically, preparation, incubation, but you really have to do this alternatively. Some preparation, relax. Again, preparation, relax. What the preparation does, it achieves the focusing necessary for us to keep focused on that question that we got through intuition. And what relaxation does is to allow us time so that the possibility pool in the unconscious become bigger and bigger for consciousness to choose from. And then we choose when the, all the possibilities that will solve the problem, the gestalt of possibilities, all appears in the pool. And we see the gestalt, that is the moment of choice, and that moment reveals itself in that discontinuous quantum leap where the transition from possibility to actuality has taken place. This is the moment of truth. This is the moment where the creative person who has this insight recognizes that I have recognized truth. The moment of truth is literally moment of truth. There is a certainty about what we discovered. And the second uh, signature is also equally striking. We are surprised. This is not what I thought the answer of the question should be. Creativity always appears as a surprise. Aha. This is why psychologists call this the aha experience. Or today, aha moment. That, that phrase has become quite common in our daily usage. But we dilute it a little bit. These aha moments are really aha moments of great surprise if we are focused on a question. If we are focused on solving a problem, not only of science, not only of the arts, but also of our life. So, Amita, Amita, I'm just going to hold you there because we're coming to our second break and it's a good place for us to take a deep breath and just absorb this into our unconscious. And we'll take this break and return with Dr. Amit Goswami. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Are you looking to advance spiritually? Listen each week for Spiritual Enlightenment, Advancing One's Wisdom. Your host, Medium Maureen Allen, will cover an array of spiritual topics aimed to help you advance your soul's desired growth. Each week, areas of spirituality will be discussed and explored ranging from strange, paranormal experiences to heaven spirit guides and angels to learn more about the other dimensions and how to better assist your path of evolution tune into spiritual enlightenment advancing one's wisdom every tuesday at 4 p.m pacific time 7 p.m eastern on the voice america seventh wave channel do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life 
Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. just want to take this opportunity to thank our sponsors for this series of shows. Sherry Chase of Chase International Real Estate Company in beautiful Lake Tahoe and Reno, Nevada. And also my engineer, Matt, my regular weekly engineer at Voice America and my producer, Brandy Jackson, for providing the opportunity for me to bring such wonderful guests to you, the listeners, to really help you on your awakening journey. And today is a very special opportunity for us through the work of Dr. Amit Goswami, who has got this in his grasp and is now expressing it out to us uh, into the world. And the book is not quite out yet, and I'll give uh, Amit the opportunity at the start of the next segment to talk a bit about that. But what I want to do now is just recap these four stages of creativity because it's new for people and it's new for me and I've obviously had the chance to read the book and so to give it from a different perspective and perhaps I mean, you can comment afterwards on anything that I say that isn't quite right or needs further explanation. But, I, but my sense from what you've said is in these four stages, the first stage is the stage, as you say, that we all do, that we, we do the preparation, we're trying to get to an answer about something, we do our research, we do all the background, we've got the motivation to find out about this and then we tend to go on and make some decision and what you're saying is in fact what we need to do is actually relax and let go because then what's happening is all of these potentialities are now vibrating in a wave form so it's not an actual reality, it's a potentiality in our unconscious. So it's below the surface and it's, and it's bubbling away and then pieces that are interconnected can come together and if we make a choice too early, if we, if we make, decide this is what we're going to do, then everything else collapses and we only get what we decided was the answer. But in fact, by discounting things, we are limiting our outcome. So we have to have the courage to do nothing and just be and relax and incubate the information that we're seeking and then when this builds into this magical moment, that eureka moment, which we've heard about in many, many different creative situations in science and the arts and in music, when it's just boom, the answer is there, 
And even I know from famous music composers where the whole symphony was there in that moment. And then the fourth stage is actually easy because that's bringing into form whatever it is that you're creating. So for a great musician, the work is done and now they've just actually got to write the notes on the page that are going to become the music. But they actually already know the music, which was revealed to them in that moment. So that's and this this quantum creativity that Amit is writing about. This this is the process that if we can learn to do, I think is going to revolutionize our lives. Amit, is that about right? That's about right. I call this process this do and be, do be, do be, do. Or <laughs> obvious, uh, do be, do be, do. Words. <laughs> do, yeah. be, do, be, do. And um, the point is that we have forgotten uh, how to be. So um, if you are curious how to really be creative, then uh, start to think quantum. Think quantum means a combination of do and be, and this alternation, do and be alternatively. Maintain focusing through do and let the possibility pool be bigger and bigger by allowing relaxation to come into the picture where you are not interfering, but stimuli are still taking place and Possibilities are interacting with possibilities in both the domain of the mind and the domain of the archetypes where the intuitions are. And uh, sooner or later, you are going to take the quantum leap because you are going to see the pattern. It's the pattern that we don't see. Uh, All creative questions uh, have not just a little bit of simple answer. The answers depend on other things that we are not quite aware of, the assumptions that we have made, the false assumptions. Like I'll tell you about my own search for uh, solution of the, this, how to understand quantum physics. Um, I was trying to understand it through conventional uh, what is available. I did that for six years, seven years. Um, how can the brain, how can the brain uh, discover something new? Or how can the brain, uh, which is just a, a Newtonian uh, material object, uh, how can the brain um, collapse a wave of possibility into particle of actuality? Not only that, we identify with the brain, we become the subject of the experience. How can it be like that? And I struggled and struggled because I was working with the blinder. That matter is everything. So long as you hold on to matter is everything, you can never solve this problem of understanding quantum physics. And then one day while I was talking to a mystic, it became clear to me that I don't have to make that assumption. That's part of the gestalt. Part of the gestalt. It was revealed to me just right at that moment of discovery that that is not an essential assumption. It's consciousness which is the ground of being. Everything is made of consciousness. If we make that assumption, then all the pieces fall together. The gestalt comes together. Newton had the same experience as I had when he realized that, well, objects are attracted to the sun, like objects like Earth, and uh, moon is attracted to the Earth, similar thing, but apples fall to the Earth. Is that a similar thing? There are two disjointed experimental data at the time. One was discovered by Galileo, and the other, of course, is circular movement, approximate the circular movement of the moon around the earth or this uh, earth around the sun. And nobody thought that these two movements, one is terrestrial, one is celestial, 
they can be connected. Because after all, isn't the Greek saying that the celestial are governed by a different set of laws than the terrestrial? That was the that was the background. That was the conflict. That was what was blocking Newton's view. All of a sudden, Newton's Newton did some calculations. It could not be a coincidence, and it became clear. Gravity must be universal. It's the universal force that is causing both the attraction of sun and the earth and the attraction of earth and the apple come from this universal gravity. So in this way, Picasso, you take Picasso's Guernica, which I analyzed in the book Quantum Creativity from this point of view. He, again, had a fundamental problem of what to make, how to make this picture an original. Because he had the pieces. A village has been torn apart by a bomb, by the uh, fascists. Um, so uh, uh, the tortured women, the uh, crying women, the babies whose body has been fragmented, uh, fire, all that stuff is there, destruction of the village. But central idea is missing. And then suddenly a central idea appeared in his thought, which is that this is just a symptom of a coming age where we have enormous fractionation of our entire psyche. We have become machine-like. So in the center of the picture, he drew this picture of a, he painted a stone soldier whose head has been severed. And that gave us this tremendous notion, a futuristic notion, that we're going to suffer from this severing of our reality into two. We have, part of us, part of, part of, part of humanity will claim that we are machines. And of course, part of humanity will be quite aware that no, we are not machines and there will be conflicts. We'll be, for, we'll forget ourselves in that machine-like picture of ourselves. So Picasso anticipated this years before scientific materialism actually became established, which is it today. And we are trying to get out of it exactly as Picasso picture in that great painting. So in this way, the gestalt, that's what you're waiting for. Your life is not working, the internal landscape uh, has problems, everybody suffers from this. How to bring from this negativity to positivity of love? And uh, fragments are already there, well, if you're nice to people. Yeah, but how to be nice? Because when stimuli are going strongly against being nice, you are agitated and you speak out, and those moments where you need the nicety, the love the most, love doesn't come. And so we know bits and pieces of the answer, but the gestalt is not happening. The gestalt depends on looking at love directly, taking a quantum leap to the domain of this potentiality where we look at the archetype directly, directly, in the unconscious to be sure, and then the gestalt comes. Then it becomes clear, okay, this is the way to be respectful to the people around me so that whenever negative impulses come, the respect also comes. I remember that this I respect, this I respect, and therefore I will not react negatively to this relationship. So it is like this. So, Amit, in terms of this uh, eureka moment, or this uh, this level, this awareness of, of of solving the problem or understanding whatever it is, how how do you enhance that uh, achievement of that moment? If that makes a sense as a question, how do you bring that 
eureka moment out into your awareness. Okay, so what what you do then? Remember that sensitivity I talked about. So what yes. you do yes. is um, you learn to be sensitive already. You learn to be sensitive, and you become sensitive uh, as you increase your sensitivity. You begin to see that you are connected to the universe. You are connected, and you uh, that gives you a confidence that I am not in this alone. We are in this together. Consciousness is helping me. So that's that's part of the sensitive. I call it attuning to the movement of the universe, attaining, attuning to the movement of consciousness. Consciousness is driving us towards a purpose. The purpose is to know the archetypes and make representations of them in our being so that we know how to tell truth. That's the job of the scientist. That's so that we know how to love. That's the job of everyone. We want loving relationships in our lives. How to be just? How to see beauty? How to be good? That's the question of ethics. How to have abundance? That's the question of business people. All these are archetypes that we look at. And when we are sensitive to the universe, so from that intuition that I'm connected to, we develop a full-blown confidence that, yes, we are connected, then we begin to start waking up to what Carl Jung calls synchronicities. Things happen which appear to be coincidence if you are not involved in it. But if you are involved in it, you see meaning in those things that happen all together, remarkably, one after the other, that's still all together, together because your focus is still your creativity question. So these synchronicities are sort of an evidence to you that you are in the right path. You are following the right direction. And then that's another way of honing on to the path, becoming more sensitive, becoming more sensitive, and finally the universe speaks to you, or you can say Holy Spirit speaks to you, and, uh, and a quantum self speaks to you, and you discover so, Amit, we're coming up to our final break, which we'll take now, and we'll return with uh, Dr. Amit Goswami after this break. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I Am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. 
the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. I have with me today Dr. Amit Goswami. And Amit, just uh, let our listeners know how they can connect with your work and also get the book when it comes out on March 1st. Yes, um, the book is coming out on March 1st and Hay House is the publisher. And of course you can get all the information about the book from my website which is amitgoswami.org. A-M-I-T-G-O-S-W-A-M-I, all one word. .org, O-R-G. Um, so I would certainly encourage you to look at the website, look at the book, look at my other books, and um, uh, give it a go. Be creative. Think quantum. Be creative. <laughs> so so uh, we've been talking on the show about quantum creativity, so perhaps just uh, explain to our listeners the the whole idea of inner creativity, which we've been talking about, and its connection to spirituality. Yes, very, very important. So two things are happening today. One is that um, there is a paradigm shift. Everything, every way of thinking is is on the board, on the table. We We have to change, obviously. Global warming, that is, we are very focused right now. People are suffering from very sharp winter. And uh, so that's just one thing. Terrorism, another very sharp thing. Economic recession, that's another sharp thing. These things are affecting people's lives. Healthcare, that became a very much of a center in the past few months because of the difficulties of the website of Obamacare. All this is just symptom that our present worldview is not working. And paradigm is shifting. The worldview is shifting to, from one based on matter to one based on consciousness. So um, in the time of paradigm shift, uh, the expertise that you usually need to look at a field or be creative in a field decreases. That's a major, major breakthrough because you don't need to be an expert anymore. You don't need to be a pundit anymore in order to get into consciousness research. This is good news. But this is still outer. Everyone at all times, not only in times of paradigm shift, it's always privileged to involve into creativity of the inner. Look at your inner landscape. Is it a happy landscape? The ecology. Is there synchrony in your thinking, feeling, and intuitions? And also the inner and the outer world. Is there synchrony? Are you feeling good when you live in your mind? Or do you constantly need external stimuli? to keep you out of the drudgery of your mind. These are all telling you that there is a possibility of change and you must take up change in your life. 
it's not just changing the outside world. It's the inside world that also needs changing. That is much more close to us because we experience it constantly. You cannot live without your mind. So realizing it, how to do it is the question. We have creativity. We use creativity to make our talents more visible. We have sufferings. We have negativity. We want to replace them by positivity. We want to get become what spiritual traditions call true. It's that simple. Spirituality is a way of connecting to a wholeness which transcends us beyond the lack of synchrony between the outer and the inner, lack of synchrony between emotions and thoughts, and being as congruent. So how to achieve that wholeness? And if you look at the work of the uh, spiritual traditions, uh, you find that it is uh, shrouded in kind of mysterious language. Uh, and, and nobody tells you how to do it. Because it's all supposed to be mystery. This is why spiritual traditions are also called mysticism. But that's all in the past. Now we are discovering that the creative process applies also. Same creative process that we talked about. Do we do we do? Preparation, incubation, sudden insight and manifestation. The same creative process applies also to the inner landscape. The same creative process leads also to the spiritual breakthroughs that people call enlightenment experience. So in this way, we have made a huge connection. Spirituality is not a mysterious thing anymore. All you have to do is to learn the creative process Learn to slow down so that you know, you know how to be, how to augment your focus doing with relaxed being. And be aware that the gestalt eventually will come to you if you are sensitive. And have the moments of discovery. Have the tenacity to manifest. What do we manifest in inner creativity? We manifest a change in ourselves, how we live, how we feel inside. That's what we manifest. So there is a product, a new and improved you, which is enormously desirable for everyone. So this is the biggest breakthrough that we have, that any person, any person can be creative. Any person has an interest to be creative because we all have this real landscape and most of us are unhappy with it. Can we make it better? Yes, we can. Use the creative process to make it better. So using this uh, inner creativity uh, to achieve uh, spiritual liberation, but in the world, in, in many ways, the old way of looking at this was when the gurus or the mystics achieved uh, spiritual liberation. They, got, they actually achieved it from the world and became distant and separate from. And what he's suggesting now is that this mystery that was there is now available to all of us but not to become separate from the world but to achieve spiritual liberation within the world so that we can be part of the world's own spiritual evolvement in consciousness Sorry so we're actually, we're actually down to the last minute of the show so just give us a, a final one sentence summary of where we are and I really appreciate you today thank you Okay, thank you, Peter. And um, the one, the one sentence summary that I want to leave the listener with is that "dooby dooby do" is the essence of the new science. <laughs> and how to change? 
slow down, create more be time as well as do time for yourself. And that is all that is needed and have a focused question which you can develop by paying attention to your intuition. You have what it takes already, okay? Don't be discouraged. Attune to the universe, let it go, become creative. Think quantum, two levels, not one. Do and be. Thank you Thank so you. much, Amit. I really, really appreciate your time and, and f- congratulations on the book. It is a phenomenal book. It's all in there. Uh, Quantum Creativity, Amit Goswami.org, O-R-G, not dot .com. Uh, and a very, very important, uh, development in this, uh, this new world that we are co-creating together. So thank you so very much indeed. It's a very uh, quick word. My guest next week is Robert Baval, who's been on the show before. His latest book, The Vatican Heresy, a wonderful uh, situation where the hermetic movement and the heliocentric movements of the 1600s led to the building of a hermetic temple of the sun built right in front of and blessed by the Vatican itself they not knowing what was really going on in front of their eyes. So it will be a really interesting show next week. I hope you've enjoyed today's show with Dr. Amit Goswami, thinking quantumly and creating quantumly, uh, which will help us to bring peace to this beautiful planet of ours. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Have a wonderful week. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. We hope that you found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tong for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.